We continue our series this Advent on the life of Mary, and the story continues. Last year, last week, I should say, she received this unexpected announcement that changed her world, and now we're talking about that blessing. Is it really a blessing? And what do you do when something is a gift of God, and sometimes it's hard to see it that way? This sermon was originally recorded at Castle Rock Middle School, December 13th, 2015. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, we continue a series that we're talking about the life of Mary. So just last week we talked about an unexpected announcement that she had received and what it would have been like to be in her situation. Uh, for a lot of people around the whole globe, Mary is a hero, and I, I think for good reason. Um, a, we don't have a lot of female heroes in Scripture, so she kind of rises to the top. Uh, but B, because she did some amazing things. She had this faith that holds on, I think, even when the situation does not look all that awesome. And it, it's kind of our, not our normal hero. So when you think of a hero, what's the normal thing that you think of? Some of you read books. I think guy books are filled with more heroes than lady books. That's my guess. Uh, but guys books are always loaded with heroes and you can kind of guess what's all involved when you have a hero, right? Hero usually means, uh, at least by the books that I end up reading, like uh, Louis L'Amour. Do you, anyone read Louis L'Amour? I've never read a Louis L'Amour book. We just listen to them because they have actions and the sounds. Like we go to drive to the mountains and you go by some of these places that are actually mentioned and they've got sound effects and they got the guy with like the low voice and the girl and they're, they're actually pretty good. But Louis L'Amour books, this is the secret to be a Louis L'Amour hero. A, you have to be uh, somewhat mysterious, uh, but then B, you have to be able to whoop the strongest guy with your hands. That happens in every single book. And then later on, you prove that you're the fastest gun. This is kind of how it works. You always get the girl, of course. The girl at first does not like you. It's never happened where the girl says, I really like you. No, the Louis L'Amour actually only wrote like one book. It's like Taco Bell. There's only two ingredients, and it's just repeated again and again in, in different, different ways. So, but that's just about all guy books if you read them. Like you read Dirk Pitt, um, if you read Clive Cussler, or if you read uh, Jack Reacher. Anyone read Lee Child? So Lee Child... And of course, Lee Child has the same guy, Jack Reacher, who is supposed to be six foot three, a little bit. And he, he's like so strong that he beats everybody with his fists. There's a story, there's like this steroid loaded guy that's 350 pounds, and Jack Reacher picks him up over his head to defeat him and drops him on his head. Which is naturally why Tom Cruise plays him in the movie version. So this is the only reason Tom Cruise ever gets these roles. That is the most beautiful runner of all time. I mean, it is, a, it is unbelievable. And I thought, oh, that's kind of funny. So I just, like, Googled Jack, I mean, uh, Tom Cruise running. You can go on YouTube and see a compilation of all his running in movies. And it's six hours long. Because, no, that's not true. Because it looks like he's running 150 miles an hour. And so Jack Reacher gets this role. And there's these kind of powerful tough, they, they're a better fighter. This is a theme that's not new, right? You can go back in history and um, you can look at the legends and we got Hercules, he's an amazing fighter, or Achilles. He's only got one flaw, of course, his heel, which is exposed. But it, all of them are these amazing fighters and even in scripture, who are the greatest heroes? King David, who defeats a lion and a bear and he's also an amazing marksman. So you see this theme kind of follow through that you have to be tough and strong and an amazing marksman. I, I'm not sure if it's the advent of Sherlock Holmes, but it seems like there's kind of an evolution of what a true hero is in our stories. When you, not all stories are just the strongest, toughest person, it kind of shifts a little bit to how big your brain power is. So you read like Sherlock Holmes and you're amazed at how smart they are, 
you read, uh, you watch the show Criminal Intent. Has anyone ever seen that? Uh, I can't think of the guy's name, Leonardo or something like that. But he's way smarter than you ever dream of, and he always observes things. And that spills over into other things. The show Psych, uh, you could name like a hundred of these shows. Nancy Drew, Indiana Jones. Like all of these, they're not necessarily the greatest athletes, and it kind of separates them. The good guys are good fighters, and now we have stolen from the bad guys. It used to be the bad guys were always the smartest, right? The evil genius. And they only had, for how smart they are, they don't get very good fighters because they always lose to the good guys. You think they would get better fighters. Mary isn't any of these. And I think that's what's a little bit hard to wrap your brain around, that she's really a hero in the Bible because she's not especially cunning or sneaky. She's not especially strong, but instead she's this hero in the Bible. So we talked about last week what it would have been like to be Mary. So Mary is in the middle of the greatest story ever told, and it had to do with holidays, and I think it does, because when you're a little kid, you love the holidays. I, I, okay, maybe I'm still a little kid, but I still love the holidays, but when you're really little, you just love them, and they're magical, and it's this time of wonderment, but then there's like this transition gray area, and I bet for mo- many of you, the holidays kind of lose their luster a little bit. Because I remember even being excited for like Valentine's Day as a kid when we'd make our little Valentines and we'd have our paper mailbox and you'd drop them in. And, you know, I would love that stuff. But then there's this gray area when you kind of get a little bit older and it probably doesn't get rekindled until you have your own kids. And you think, this is my opportunity to try and bring this holiday to someone else. We talked last week, Mary had that. She would have been like 13, 14, 15, 16, somewhere in that range. And she would have been transitioning, I think, from someone who saw the wonderment of the holidays. I mentioned with the kids. How many of you knew Mary would have celebrated Hanukkah? Not, not a big thing. So that's one. Is that me? Uh, 167 BC is when we're talking about. So Mary's living, obviously, before that. I mean, 10, 15 years before AD hits and so she would have celebrated Hanukkah she would have had it wasn't the gift giving holiday it is now that happened later on when Christmas came and the Christians were getting gifts and then the Jewish boys and girls said this is we got eight days to celebrate we're not getting anything so then it kind of transitions but she would have celebrated that she would have celebrated Yom Kippur and I think the biggest one though would have been Passover because in Passover is how God delivered his people And in Passover, you see this lamb that sacrifices him, and they would have explained what this lamb all did, and they would have explained there's an ultimate lamb to come. So then suddenly Mary, I I would picture her in this transition period. She's engaged. um, She's looking forward to starting her own family, perhaps. And an angel shows up and says, Mary, I've got an announcement for you. You're going to be pregnant, and you're going to give birth to a boy. His name is Jesus. He's going to be great. And you can imagine, like, wow, I am now in the middle of the story. I'm mentioning two great movies. One is Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise. The other, has anyone seen The Santa Claus? I didn't say great movie. It's a Tim Allen movie, and it's not very good, and that's perhaps redundant for many of you, Tim Allen, and not very good. But it's a Tim Allen movie where Santa Claus is ready to retire, and he says, you know, I'm kind of done. And Tim Allen signs on to be Santa Claus. I don't remember the whole gist of it, but he, he becomes, here's a picture of you. He becomes like jollier and jollier around the middle. He loves cookies and sugar, so it's a little bit cute. But the, the, the story, why it kind of draws you in is because now suddenly Tim Allen is in the middle of the story. 
And I wonder if Mary ever thought that. Like she just wakes up after the angel came and said, I'm in the middle of the greatest story ever told. Like I'm in it. And, and when she looked back in the scriptures and it said, and I will give you a sign, the Lord himself will give you a sign, the virgin will be with child, and she's going, I'm that virgin. She would have known all along it's coming from her family line, and now she's in the middle of it. And she gets this amazing blessing that says the Savior of the world is going to come from you. And how many would think that's pretty awesome? Okay, so now let me ask you another question. I've asked you this before. If you could walk around your house and you could identify any item you wanted, any multiple items, and you could get the exact money you paid for it back, you just could get rid of it, how many items would you get rid of? Like it just becomes cash. I think I would have like the list of like 400 Right? I mean, if you just would have this stack of cash, which tells me something. It tells me that most of us would rather have cash than a lot of our stuff, because then we could get more cash to buy stuff we don't need. So, but you get this pile of cash, so I'm going to make a proposal to you. You're thinking, I, I, I think $10,000 would be very helpful. How many of you would think $10,000? So I'm going to up the ante, though, because maybe you're trying to buy a house. So I'm going to move it all the way to 50000 If I say $1 million, I feel like Austin Powers, and it doesn't mean anything, but... $50,000, imagine you're praying, you say, God, we want to buy this house, I don't know how we're going to do it, I want $50,000. And then suddenly, oh, the angel appears to you and says, here's $50,000, is that awesome or what? So immediately you're so excited, you put it in the bank, and you haven't watched enough cop movies to know that at $10,000 it gets flagged. So now you're like, oh great, I should have put this into multiple banks. And then you, you're excited and you go to buy your house. And so the angel appears to you. You have this $50,000. You're like, I'm ready to make my down payment, right? This is fantastic. And the bank being the bank says, what? Was this $50,000 gifted to you by the angel or is it just a loan? And you're like, well, and then they say, can you get a letter that proves that this is a gift? And you're like, well, you can, I can't talk to the angel. So now you're trying to convince the bank. You're trying to convince the people who are going to give you the mortgage. Now the IRS knocks on your door and says, where did this $50,000 come from? forget the IRS. You just eye guzzled uh, Breaking Bad for two seasons or whatever it is, and then your wife comes and looks and says, where exactly did $50,000 cash come from? And you're like, great story. <laughs> How many of you would want to be in that situation? It's kind of a blessing, but at the same time, it's kind of like, I don't know if this is that awesome. Now imagine you're 13, 14, 15, 16, and you're pregnant. And, and maybe this is the thing you've always dreamed of, that God has come and he's given you this amazing blessing, the thing you've said, I want my own child in here, and that culture was a huge deal. And then reality strikes, you're pregnant. Like, how do you explain that to your parents? I'm fairly confident my wife could explain to me where $50,000 comes from, but I find it very difficult she could just convince me that an angel gave her a baby. Right? Now imagine... Mary trying to explain to her dad. Do you, you kind of preempt and you get it before you start to show and you're like, Dad, I, we got to talk? How do you explain that to your mom? How, how do you explain it to your fiance? Would you want to go there? I'd say, listen, there's something I got to tell you. I got, what do you do? Like this thing that is supposed to be the greatest blessing of all time, you're in the middle of the greatest story ever told and you're so excited that there's prophecies about what is happening to you and who do you tell? Mary, it appears in Scripture, goes to her relatives. So at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. 
And you can just imagine, you're, you're this young girl, you're a high schooler, you're pregnant through a miracle, and you have these mixed feelings between this amazing blessing and you're wondering, is it worth it? And you're thinking, now what do I do and who do I tell? And you come in and you got your story, you've been practicing it the whole trip, and you walk in and this is what she says. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women. What do you think that meant to that young girl? You know, she's wondering all these things, and she thinks it's awesome, and she can't even tell anyone, and she's afraid to tell her, her relative, and she shows up, and she says, you are blessed. And not only are you blessed, but blessed is the child that you will bear. Have you ever been there? When you got someone, something to tell someone, and you're a little bit afraid to tell them? You got this thing that's weighing you down. And I'm not saying Mary's in sin, obviously. But I think for a lot of us, there's things we've done or things we've said that have just weighed us down. And you finally get the courage to tell you someone and you're wondering, like, now what? Like, you're so vulnerable. You open up your heart and you open up and you say, I want to tell you a story about my life. How awesome would it be to have someone like Elizabeth who says you're a blessing? And how so... Why am I so favored that, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth, in a sense, is saying, you, Mary, you're not a burden. I don't think you're crazy. What you have is a blessing. And no matter how hard it feels like, it might feel like a weight on your young little shoulders, the thing that you have is something truly amazing that's going to change the world. Elizabeth gave that to Mary. I asked you what your story was last week. And a lot of us, uh, there's amazing stories, right? There's stories of how God has worked in your life, and this Christmas season, you get to create a story. That's what I said with your kids and your family. You get to say, here is how Christ has worked in our life, and here's my story. But it's not always your story that's going to change people. Sometimes their stories aren't that amazing, and sometimes it's listening to someone else's story. And I think the real hero of this story is Elizabeth, who with simple faith, as Mary comes in and says, I am a blessing. I probably told you this before. I've told you about Ben. I don't change names anymore because you don't know the people I know anyway. Um, so a, a guy named Ben was, went to my high school, and of all people, so you look at 150 people in his class, not utterly amazing. But I heard this story about him from a teacher who later on told, it was, told me that it was Ben. So that's kind of a long, if Ben listens to this story, I'm sorry, Ben. So Ben worked at McDonald's. And, and I probably told you this, but Ben worked at McDonald's, and a young girl there, it, like, opened up to Ben. You know, Ben is, like, I could just picture him working the fryer because he's not a social guy. It, I don't know how she got him to talk, but probably because he didn't talk. Like, he would just, she was talking to him, and she confides to him that says, I'm pregnant. And I don't know what to do. And she says, I want to get an abortion. And so Ben says, tell you what, I know it's hard. Can I give you a ride to the clinic when you go? And she said, yeah, that would be really great. So when the day comes that she gets into his car, and Ben, if you just knew Ben, I wish I could put a picture of Ben up, um, rides, and he starts to talk. And he doesn't share his story. He listens to her story, and he connects God to her story. And he says, you know, the little baby inside you is really a blessing. And you don't always, there's a lot of people who don't have an opportunity to go through the miracle that you get to have this child inside you. And there's a lot of opportunity. I know it's going to be tough. And he talked about God's love and God's blessing and what it means to carry this child and to raise this child. 
they never made it to the clinic. And I think that's an awesome story because if you knew Ben, if you just would look down to 150 students, we had 600 kids in our high school, he was younger than I was. If you would go down to like top five who would change the world, Ben's not on that list. If you went down to 155, I don't know if he'd be on that list. And I don't think he's a guy that you would list to say he's going to change the world. But for a young mother and a young baby, he did change their world. And it's not because his story is so amazing. It's not because he's so smart. It's not because he's like Mitch Rapp and Vince Finn novels or Dirk Pitt or all these amazing guys. He's just an average guy who said, I want to hear your story and I want to connect your story to this story. A story of a young girl who is blessed beyond all things that we can imagine. A story of a young girl whose burden it would have been to have been pregnant and try and explain this to people. A girl who, when Elizabeth says this, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary says, my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. That baby inside her, every one of us need a Savior. And it's not like when I worked at the custard stand, a guy would rush in right before close. He's like, do you have butter pecan? And then when I'd say, yes, I do, he would say, you are my Savior. What am I saving him from? I'm not sure exactly, but I'm guessing a pregnant wife at home saying, you better get me butter pecan right now. <laughs> right? It, Mary needed a Savior for something real. And you and I need a Savior from something real because as good as we think we are and as nice as we are this holiday, we don't live up to God's standards. And it's rebellion after rebellion after rebellion. And that baby inside of her truly is a blessing for not just Mary, not just the world, but you. What's your story? Some of you do have amazing stories, and I pray that you share that story about how Christ has worked in your life this holiday, and you're making a story with your family, and that's beautiful. But what kind of community would we have if we had an open-armed community that said, whatever your story, whatever your burden, I want to hear it. I want to be filled up, and I'll take that burden on me because I want to connect your story with the greatest story ever told. Amen. Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we can only imagine what it would have been like to be Mary. For many of us, we think that what an amazing blessing it is, but we forget what a burden it would have been as well. We are so thankful that she is a hero in a, in a true sense, that with a simple faith, she holds on to the promises. She recognized her own sinfulness and connected her story to your story. We pray that this holiday we can be a community of people that listens and loves and cares for people. And we share our own story, but at the same time we listen to their story. And if they're weighed down by sin or problems, we can connect them to the greatest story ever told, a story of forgiveness, a story of love, and a story of acceptance. We ask this in your name. Amen.